Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one uh, Eowyn monologue at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us again today is uh, Zoe Eastern Grayley. Happy Monday. Um, and today we'll be talking about Minute 96, which starts with Aragorn lowering his hunting knife and ends with uh, some riders of Rohan cresting over a hill as they ride away from Edoras. So. All right, I am so prepared for this minute. Okay. Like, <laughs> so ready, let's do this. The women of this country learned long ago that those without swords can still die upon them. <laughs> what a freaking metal line. <laughs> for reals, it's like, it's the most hardcore thing. Which, I mean... And right. our, our enemies don't care if we're women or children. Mm -hmm. They'll kill us anyway. And I love that their reaction to that was not like, I guess we need to make the world a nicer place. It was like, ladies need swords. <laughs> it's a great choice, firstly. Ladies do need swords. Mm -hmm. But also, it's just, I don't know. It it sounds overdramatic when I play it back in my head, but when she delivers it, it's just so heartfelt and like, legit and she's angry about it it's got a great blend puts, of emotion and she puts the exclamation point on it by sheathing the sword exactly just shunk <laughs> like oh okay i guess we probably shouldn't argue yeah, with like, her yeah like she's she's kind of mad like she puts the sword away and kind of angrily why is she mad though okay because he just parried her blade and was just like you're all right then he basically was just like you're okay at that. You done good, kid. Like, it may it may have come off to her as a little patronizing. Hmm. And additionally, she's talking about something that's probably really close to, like, close to her emotionally in terms of like, I'm sure she knows people who have died from raids because it's not unheard of. She right. people die often. It's Rohan. It's a hard life. Like, it's not, it's not a life of luxury, despite what it looks like in the Golden Hall and all this stuff, but... Despite fed and beautiful outfits. Right. <laughs> no, everybody looks great, but they're also all living in a really hard warrior lifestyle. And I'm sure to her, this is, this is real life. And I don't know, I always kind of read it as her thinking he thinks that she's playing around with a sword. You know, like, oh, like, you have some skill, and she's like, no, I have to do this because people might kill me. Like, where have you been? Um, mm, okay. Out in Revendell, when I guess nobody does that. <laughs> um, Not for a while, anyway. Right. I think she's probably upset with him for being patronizing, but also it's it's an issue that I'm sure has touched her personally. So I think and there's I mean some anger there. She just had to dance around with some kids about, you know, whether or not their mom is dead. Right, exactly. That's, true. that's that's an important punctuation. As that that was the last scene with her, correct? Yeah, it was I her was her uh, with the kids uh, in Metacell 
when uh, Theoden snaps at Aragorn. Right. Oh, Gimli's terrible eating. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing she's done is have this conversation with children about whether or not their mother has died on a sword. And mm-hmm. here she is making sure that she isn't next. Yeah, and I mean, also talking about like death and battle, you know, her her cousin's death is probably mm-hmm. still really weighing on her mind here. There's a lot going on for Eowyn across these last few days. She's having a bad week. For sure. Oh, it's like Aomer's no good, terrible, rotten, horrible 24 hours. Yeah, Aomer had like the worst day. <laughs> oh, nobody in Rohan has a good week. Like, no, it's just... they really don't. It's just one of those days where you're like, ooh. Even Wormtongue. Even Worm- <laughs> Everything's going great for Wormtongue, and then Gandalf shows up and Wormtongue has a terrible day. <laughs> good, good. I mean, yeah, but like, that's just everyone in Rohan is having a terrible day. Gambling doesn't get to draw his sword. <laughs> Hama, you know what? Hama had a great day. Hama had a great day. <laughs> All right, we got one. One when person dies, in this entire so- country. Yeah. It's still not a good week for Hama. He gets dragged away by a wolf. Uh, spoilers spoilers (laughs) he got et (laughs) he just doesn't know it's a bad week yet he hasn't gotten there right let him enjoy this day (laughs) yeah Uh, oh god yeah i think i've always thought that aragorn entering this scene was a little patronizing I, i always have seen it that way yeah okay so why are you gonna why are you gonna patronize uh, a a woman with a sword? Yeah, like right? don't like, don't mess with that. Well, that's the the parry. Like he underestimated her, and then she like showed her strength, which I think also kind of calls back to when she ran to Theoden. She broke his grip, and he looked really surprised in that scene. Mm. So I think that this is a callback also to like reminding us that Eowyn is like also physically strong. What I'm hearing is that Eowyn is super buff. Like, right, just ripped, <laughs> and we just never know it because she wears those flowy dresses. She's all time. right. She's always like doing push-ups and bench pressing her bed <laughs> when we're not paying attention. She's doing pull-ups off-screen. Right, it's like like Iroh when he's in the, exactly. when he's in the cell. Oh Whenever no one's looking. <laughs> One-handed push-ups. The dragon of the Westfold. <laughs> Oh my god. I need a minute. Hold on. (laughs) A second. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Oh man. Alright, we're done here. Uh, (laughs) Alright. Call it. (laughs) Do you think that um, because uh, Aragorn's just dumb sometimes. Um, He's you, just like, oh, she's pretty. I'm gonna talk to her. Oh, this was a mistake. <laughs> well, do you think that his his um, sudden appearance with a very sharp weapon as a way of like awkwardly flirting is reminiscent of when Arwen sneaks up on Aragorn and then just like puts her sword to his? Oh neck? yeah, he thinks he's being playful the way that Arwen was being playful, but Arwen doesn't take it that way at all. Yeah. <laughs> she's not into any of this playful thing. If she puts a sword to your neck, she's, she's gonna she... cut your head off. Right, like she's not into swordplay. Ha 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 ha! Oh, terrible! Oh. Stick to Dragon of the Westfold. That was a good part. 
now I'm just really oh, concerned man. about about Aragorn and our Ar- Ar- Arwen's sex life. It's that's very. I'm sure concerned. they're fine. Are you? Are you sure about that? They're still alive. <laughs> Safe, sane, and consensual. <laughs> no one's getting flayed over here. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Time out, time out, time out. Time out. Time out. This is not, um... We're not going this dead. way. Cut that part. Uh, what do you fear, my lady? She doesn't fear death or pain. Which is like boss. I it mean, sounds like she... What do you fear, my lady? Spiders. Spiders. Clowns. Just worm tongue in a clown suit. No, 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 no. Brad Dourif could have been Pennywise. Bye. Oh, I don't like that. Don't like that. Ooh. Um, the way that she says I fear neither death nor pain sounds really defensive like in fact she might yeah I mean, and I think I'm the sh- way that scenes are played later in the trilogy she kind of does mm. I mean I'm sure she does like those things are bad I'm pretty sure everybody fears those things <laughs> but like right but that's th- that line is kind of reinforcing what we see as kind of the like the Viking culture of Rohan right Right, right. I'm sure fearing death and pain probably goes against the whole like dying honorably in battle thing, you know. Right. Which, and and I can't disagree. I'm sure she'd be willing to do it, just culturally, and because she's seen, uh, like her cousin, her and uh, spoilers, Theoden. Um, no, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> but like you know. I don't think she fears it in the way of like it's not her t- it's not the thing that keeps her up at night. Yeah. Dying or being in pain is not like top of her list. Her fears for it are rational fears. Like it's going to happen and it probably won't be a good time. Mm-hmm. But like that's not what drives her as a person. There like there are some people and some characters who it's their drive not to die. That's such an important right. thing like Voldemort that's his entire character motivation is that he fears death. But it's not. It's hers. actually a very common villainous motivation. Exactly. And it works really well for villains because there is that inevitability of death and that, you know, it's it's a cowardly thing to a certain extent. Yeah. Sauron. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's like it's like your typical dark lord thing to be afraid of. Just Yeah. That's what it is. And I think to a certain extent, that's what separates a lot of villains from heroes in especially like classic literature is whether or not they're willing to die for something. Um, mm-hmm. So by putting herself in this, she's sort of putting herself in the hero category by saying she fears neither death nor pain. Does she fear it rationally? Probably. I'm sure everybody fears death and pain rationally. Like, mm-hmm. I walk into th- like a table and I'm like, oh, don't like that table anymore. It caused me pain. <laughs> I'm not, but it doesn't keep me up at night like I might walk into a table. Right, right. So, yeah, no, I'm sure she rationally does. And also she's untested to a certain extent. She hasn't been yeah. allowed to be a warrior. 
So she wants to think she doesn't, but doesn't she? It's unknown. Yeah, when when directly confronted with it, she she has to really steal herself. Like that's that's what makes her her triumph moment at the end of the trilogy work. Exactly. Right, because she overcomes it. Exactly. Yeah. It's that uh, it's that third Doctor line that bravery is being scared of something and doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right, you can't be brave if you're not afraid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's not impressive to not be scared of something, just at all. It's impressive right. to be scared of something and then push through that fear. It's about... Because mm. that, in, in, that me- makes you human. You're human, right. but you can still do great things, whereas not feeling it at all doesn't necessarily make you human. It just makes you sort of there. Like, robot. It's hard for that to be an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, can, you can give me like five lines of this scene and I'll be like, all right, let's dig in real deep. <laughs> right, like I, uh, the, line that, the, the line that I'm interested in unpacking is, uh, when Eowyn talks about Valor, because I think what she means by Valor is dying on the battlefield. I think that's what she means. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I mean, one, taking the idea of Viking culture, which they reference a lot, and then also like some like some of the Irish warrior traditions and Celtic traditions and just... Um, the, all of that's very much about like the honor that you find through death um, Mm -hmm. by fighting and being brave and standing up for other people. Like, just dying in battle like an idiot probably isn't going to get you into Valhalla. Like, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm sure her idea of Valor is tied in a lot with dying in battle being being the warrior that is expected of her, doing the honorable things, standing up for the the smaller people, especially because I don't mean it like mean as in like the little people, but like she is, if not royalty, at least she has a lot of standing. Mm. Um, I think this whole, uh, this whole conversation, like uh, death and like, I don't fear death and pain like implying that she wants to die a valorous death is I think all ties into this as we've seen Eowyn so far she seems like she kind of wants to die because she wants to get get away from all this so she's going to at least make her death worth it in this fight at Helm's Deep or she's going to try to Mm -hmm. and her relationship with Aragorn is part of what pulls her out of that and seeing everyone fighting to survive around her yeah well, she has nothing at this point. Well, very her little. Her cousins, all she has now is Theoden. Yeah, exactly. She She's really, she's, everything important to her has been taken away. This is Eowyn at an incredibly low point. Mm-hmm. And mm. I'm sure the idea of dying in battle sounds really good, especially because she just watched her cousin do it. Well, not watched, but her cousin just did exactly that. She's right. she and she wants to be this warrior character, this warrior person that nobody will necessarily allow her to be. Cause I do think there's a certain amount of like they want her to be the caring, 
person, like caring and delicate in a way that she just isn't. And I think that's really hard for her. And like, now I'm putting this on. I think she's caring, but I don't think she's delicate. I think that's the thing. Yeah, I I think she she, cares. She's a very empathetic person. Right. She wants to fight for people. She doesn't want to delicately soothe people. She wants to be able to fight for her people and protect them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm tying a lot of my interpretation of this into the cage. Which, boy howdy, if I was going to write a paper on this, it would be all about like what a cage represents for her and this is the second time that the cage like the idea of a cage has come up with aon in conversation yes this Mm -hmm. is what i wanted to talk about in regards to worm tongue because when he confronts her um at uh theodred's bedside and he 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 knows exactly what scares her the most and he 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 doesn't use the word cage but he uses like a hutch and he compares her to like a wild animal that's being like forced to be in this this cage um this trap and it's i don't i think because he does um know exactly what she is most afraid of i think that's why she's so vulnerable in that scene and then for her to like turn it around and own up to that to this like stranger, it's is a is a character growth moment. And yeah. it's a strength in of itself. Right. Yeah. Because she's like up to this point, she's like repressed everything or like kept everything really close to the chest. Right. Because I mean, I talked about it before. Because that confrontation with Wormtongue is my favorite Aowen scene. Mm. That's fair. That's a but... great scene. Um, and because I think. That's where we start to see Eowyn's strength is in that yeah. scene, when she leaves that situation. Yeah. And I mean, mm. that's hard. Like, imagine having some creepy dude come up to you and reference all of your deepest fears. I'd be like, I'm out. Not into yeah. that. How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you know this? Uh, bye. <laughs> like, I'd be like, I need to be anywhere but here right now. Goodbye forever. Right. <laughs> like, and then the way that they, that uh, Brad Dourif and Miranda Otto played the the confrontation, because they talk about it in the commentary, they go on and on and on about it, uh, playing it like there there could have been something there. Like Eowyn does see something tempting about Wormtongue's offer, that Wormtongue has like genuine feelings for Eowyn, but is a twisted, terrible person. Yeah. And yeah. that's the way they, that's the way that they kind of play their scenes together. Mm-hmm. And then when watching that and taking all that in and then playing it against this scene of like this sort of test of physical strength and then this sort of mutual respect between Eowyn and Aragorn is a really cool juxtaposition between her interactions with the two men she kind of interacts with most in this this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the interesting things about that I mean, you're definitely right that the juxtaposition is incredibly important. Um, One coming from a place of, like, twisted, creepy desire, especially, like, sexual desire, and this coming from Mm -hmm. a place of respect as a human being. Um, And, like, they do talk about how this this moment is kind of when Eowyn falls in love with Aragorn, but he doesn't feel 
the same way, obviously. Like, I think right. he cares right. about her as a person, yeah. but... And and he's always kind of on the edge about whether or not he's going to fall in love with Eowyn, I think is a part of right. his whole arc across this this part of the story. Yeah. And I think part of that comes from showing him as sort of a foil to to Wormtongue in a certain way, at least in her life. And some of it is like resentment at himself about whether or not he's going to take Arwen's immortality. Right, right. It would almost be easier if he fell in love with Eowyn. Because then he wouldn't, he would have kind of an out. Um, with yeah. Arwen in terms of that, he could kind of let her down for a different reason. And it would be uniting two kingdoms of exactly. men again under one banner. There's a lot too, like the idea of Aragorn and Eowyn like getting together. Yeah. Um, and them not going with it is actually another interesting thing, but that comes, that's much later. <laughs> that's... Because Tolkien only originally wrote Eowyn as like an out for Aragorn. It's, and that's the unfortunate thing, yeah. I think, because I get so hung up on like the, the, the potential love triangle nonsense, and I don't like that in stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that Eowyn definitely gets the short end of the stick, and I... I like want to like her despite that, but I don't know if like. Okay, uh, it's all right. I totally <laughs> hear you on this because I also hate love triangles more than pretty much anything else. No, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. I hate insta love more than I hate love triangles, but <laughs> but they're right up in there. You know, it's the same. It's almost the same kind of idea. But and yet and yet, Aowen sees Aragorn and is. Pretty quickly, just like I am in love with this man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay, have you seen all, him? <laughs> the only other dude that has like expressed interest in her it's is Creeper McCreep and Wormtongue. Yeah, right. And have you seen Viggo Mortensen? <laughs> I I can't blame her for that. Like, if Viggo Mortensen turned up in my house, um, with the scruffy face and the big blue oh, yeah, eyes, yeah. and like. <laughs> treated me with respect for the first time in my life i'd be like damn but (laughs) but i will also say one of the things i always liked about eowyn at least in her portrayal in the films is that she's always like super respectful of arwen like Mm. once she figures out what's going on she's always really like like she clearly doesn't really want to step on any toes. She's not like she doesn't express any kind of jealousy about it in any way. She's like right. disappointed, but she's yeah. not like rude about it, which is great. Um, and I think that yes, it is really right. it's, there's no confrontation. Like it's not really a triangle because Aowen doesn't make it a triangle, right? Exactly. And, like, she, she figures out that, like, Aragorn's got someone else, and she's kind of, she kind of backs off. She's like, alright, not mm. I'll go away. Which is, like, you know, more power to her. Um, but I think... Yeah. I think that it's also a certain way in which she grows up. Like, she's got this crush on this guy. And... Like, he's new, he's exciting, he's also, like, a king. Like, it's all the kinds of things that you see in, like, kind of that romantic thing. I'm sure, like, right. if she had a fantasy, this, this would be it. This knight in not quite shining armor shows up. 
Yeah. yeah, and he saves Theoden, and, like, there's a lot going on there. Um, and her ability to let him go, I think, really speaks to her character as, like, that's not the most important thing for her. It's a nice mm. thing, but it's not really what factors into her character. Like, it doesn't, yeah. and, it doesn't define her. Okay. And ultimately, uh, she falls for Faramir. Right. Right, which is great. In the Houses of Healing. Because, like, he needs a nice lady to stand up for him. Right. <laughs> I mean, in, in the books, it's like he just traded one perfect, brave, chivalric knight for another. But yeah. in the movie, like, movie Faramir has oh, man. a lot in common I'm with so Aowen. I'm so excited like, a lot to talk about movie Faramir. I can't believe we're not there Baby yet. child. Yeah, no, like, he needs... he. Yeah, they, they both come from, like, really hard situations it's i usually don't like love stories i really don't but honestly that one i'm like all right <laughs> like at least in the films i'm I like was... you two clearly deserve some happiness <laughs> and david wenham and miranda otto can go make beautiful children oh my god they'd be gorgeous <laughs> i mean maybe that's another thing with me and eowyn like i'm madly in love with her there is that <laughs> Like, I, I want to be her, and also, like, you know, she's just Yeah, life really goals beautiful. are life goals. Exactly. <laughs> Why not both? She's both. Oh, man, I love her. And just, oh, she's so precious and also could kill me, and I love that. So that's pretty ideal. <laughs> I mean, Eowyn has, has always and shall forever be my favorite of the, the three ladies in the story. Yeah. Yeah, which is hard, because, like, I know people give the women of Lord of the Rings a lot of crap. And some of it is rightfully deserved. They should be, there should be more of them. They should be more important. Mm -hmm, right. They should not right. be love interests to, like, not that they all are, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, of course they should be Arwen, better. Right, Arwen is a almost entirely passive love interest in this story. Right. Galadriel is Galadriel is nothing more than an oracle. Yeah. Well, that's that's why I I like the way that Arwen is portrayed, at least in the first film. She um, does have we'll more intensity. Arwen and, and Galadriel Galadriel is just like she's like a goddess, right? Yeah. But her her portrayal is ultimately the oracle who sits and does nothing but pass out prophecy. Yeah, and I mean, um, and a and a tool to be used. Yeah. Uh, a, Mac a MacGuffin to be used in film three. I mean, <laughs> you shall have a queen oh. was pretty Yeah, but that's the yeah. thing. They allow her that amount of darkness. I think that really, that helps take that oracle, um, like, deus ex machina edge off her. Right. But Eowyn yeah. is the only one that, like, does something at the climax of the story that results partially in their yeah. victory. Well, it, there's a really interesting thing in the commentary where they were talking about it. And it's actually interesting because I, I watched it and I made my own notes. And then I watched the commentary and I made notes from that because, you know, English degree. Um, <laughs> and one of the things I wrote down was that Eowyn provides a really strong contrast to Arwen versus the action versus inaction, but both are important to a certain extent. And then in the production commentary, they talk about how she is the active heroine. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas the elves, they use the term like spiritual guidance for the elves and the elves are sort of 
inspirational and they're all about that like mental emotional spiritual higher learning thing and arwen sort of fulfills all those needs but eowyn fulfills the physical needs of the fighter and the protector um just like like with arwen being sort of like an inspiration for aragorn to a certain extent but eowyn providing like actual on the ground assistance right right arwen is there to constantly remind aragorn that he's not isildur yeah well and it makes sense that eowyn is the most active because she's human exactly like the elves elves at this point want no part in whatever the heck is happening like this this to them is like the realm of of humanity so it's their problem we're not gonna get our hands yeah. dirty right but Eowyn's in the middle of yeah. it yeah she keeps away from it yeah so she has no choice and with her cousin and brother dead she's her brother's not dead how dare you banished. as far as she knows Aramur's dead how dare you as as far as she knows Aramur might as well be dead he could have been banished but Wormtongue could have just had him dragged out and killed for all she knows I think that if I think I, you know, I think she has more faith in her brother than you do. Yeah, I think she <laughs> she probably knows that he can take care of himself to a certain extent, but I'm sure she's still upset about the whole situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she's in a dark space. She might just continue to think that, you know, everything that might be a help to her is gone. Yeah. And then seeing Theoden restored is the beginning of her restoration, of, like, her... Her growth, her ability to move forward. Yeah. And then it's like Theoden is restored. Aragorn shows her this respect and like treats her like with a the person. like with the kind of like warrior respect that she's always yeah. wanted. Mm-hmm. And then she masquerades as a soldier and goes off and kills the Witch King. Like in the greatest moment of film history. <laughs> like it and it's not just her killing him, it's it's her face when she does it. Like, I feel you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Eowyn and Mary get to kill the Proud witch king. Um, a lady and a hobbit. No man here. Well, that's the other thing. Like, now that you say it, I didn't really think of it, but Eowyn is like the only named human female character. The only one. Like, we have two elf ladies and Eowyn. And yeah. it is super cool I... that the only... Well, I mean, it's not cool because obviously, again, there should be more of them. But the only human lady who is important to this story is a warrior chick. And I'm really into that, especially given the time. I think it's a great Right. I think it's a great piece of kind of accidental story on Tolkien's part to like write the line about no man can kill the oh, witch for king real. and then and then after thinking about like one thing to do with Eowyn, deciding that Eowyn was going to do something totally different and, and then Eowyn is the one that kills the witch king, creating that beautifully iconic moment. Yes. No, I agree 100%. Um, Yeah, I think it's almost like... It's almost like accidental feminism. Do I think that Tolkien is allowed (laughs) to take any kind of, like... He doesn't... I don't give him credit for it, necessarily. Which sounds weird, but it's just the way it is. I don't know... And I'm not necessarily like, oh, he probably set out to make a feminist character. No, he probably didn't. He... Let's be real. He probably didn't. But if you... No, Eowyn was created to be Aragorn's warrior bride, and then he, the more he wrote, the more he was like, this is a terrible disservice to this character, yeah. and he did something else with it. And her. that's awesome. That's awesome that he knew that. But then, like, you compare mm-hmm. it to, like, 
other writing of the time and i'm especially thinking of c.s lewis right now who needs like a good mm. kick in the face for <laughs> for the female characters that he wrote like yes they deserve better they absolutely mm -hmm. deserve better and i really like shout out to tolkien for not being c.s lewis i guess but like <laughs> <laughs> sorry c.s lewis tolkien i love narnia i love narnia and i love that you two are friends <laughs> And usually I'm on C.S. Lewis's side. I, too, am tired of your elves. But <laughs> in this case, Tolkien wins on better female characters. He just does. And, like, so I should note that warrior women and strong female characters, not in, like, a, not, like, in an empowerment way, but, like, in a, like, badass warrior ladies is, like, the most important thing in my entire life. I have based my entire personality around strong warrior chicks from high fantasy. Yeah, yeah. so like... Like, <laughs> like Xena? Oh, man, Xena. Uh, that's also wife goals, let's be real. <laughs> I always I always liked uh, yeah. Gabriel. Um, I I grew up on uh, Tamora Pierce books, which is essentially like if you wanted Eowyn to be the main character of a novel, read Tamora Pierce. Like that's what it is. Um, but they're kids' books, so I was like ten, and then I found Lord of the Rings at like twelve, and I was like, awesome, I'm ready. We can continue. So this is my aesthetic. <laughs> it's not wrong. They're very important to my development as a human being. So that's potentially why I'm like such a big proponent of Eowyn. And it does kind of, it's hard. It's hard that she was built to be a love interest. It's hard that she isn't allowed the time that I personally believe she deserves. But what we get is pretty solid. Mm -hmm. And also, I really enjoyed. So in the writer commentary for this, they talk about like how apparently they like kicked peter jackson out of this scene like yeah whenever there was anything going on where it was like important for aragorn to be like an emotional <laughs> like an emotional set piece of a scene they like kicked peter out of the room and fran and philip had dealt with it yeah well yeah and i mean of course <laughs> they would deal with this scene it's like eowyn emotion it's aragorn emotion it's very like it's the kind of thing like don't trust peter jackson with this sorry peter jackson but don't <laughs> um but there's one bit go direct your action and comedy exactly there's one bit where philippa's like i am eowyn and fran is arwen and i'm like that's the greatest <laughs> thing i've ever heard like apparently they too were super into the lady characters in this movie which is really yeah, important because there, there's only like there's three yeah, of there's them. three of them so yeah when when your mm. when your cast has like three women and but your writing staff is two thirds women, like mm -hmm. you know, I, I can imagine that they must have really picked up on what they could out of the lady characters. And again, it's super hard. And I I will never be upset with there are lots of people who are like, I don't like Tolkien's female characters. And I'm like, I feel you. I totally get that. I understand that it's super hard to like them because of the lack of time they're given but also mm -hmm. i will fight you because what we do get is awesome <laughs> that's fair yeah. 
Eowyn is probably a, a very important landmark in like strong lady characters yeah. in fiction going forward. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, and I'm sure that the "I am no man" thing influenced so many writers after it. Yeah. I've kind of like said this before, and I think it's true that th this is the most important work of fiction of the 20th century. Yeah. At least one of the most influential. Yeah. To me, that is importance. Influence is importance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, given the alternatives, it's a pretty good one to be influenced by, by and large, apart from like the racism stuff. But we don't have time to talk mm. about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I know yeah. in the same way that, you know, Tolkien took things from Macbeth and stuff for his work, I think other people looked at Lord of the Rings and were like, like things like what if Eowyn was the hero and like that's like what a lot of 80s and 90s high fantasy was was people especially mm -hmm. women like coming into their own and being like but what if we did this instead and right. it was awesome and I think a lot of that stems directly from Tolkien yeah I, it, it really is to Tolkien's credit to realize that what started out as like trying to write a human love interest for Aragorn just wasn't going to work. And that this character was something bigger, like realizing that I think really is to his credit as a writer, especially at the Absolutely. time. And it gave us something that is, you know, also one of the most iconic pieces of like film of the last like 30, mm -hmm. 40 years. When Eowyn rips off that oh, helmet. It's so, so good. Yeah. It's so I, I know I know you're a movie away, but like <laughs> that 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 was yeah. the moment that the people in the theater I was in. That's where everyone cheers. It's it's that oh, moment. Yeah, for like, sure. It's not like we blew up the eye. It's none of that. It's like and then Eowyn stabs the Witch King. That's when you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I I remember I remember because I saw Return of the King in theaters three times, and I all three times I saw it the whole audience cheered for two lines, which was, uh, I am no man and for Frodo. The whole audience cheered for both of those. <laughs> oh, we are a weak people. We are a weak and <laughs> like we 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 love we love our inspirational lines. But yeah, no, mm -hmm. I, I think <sighs> this builds straight to Eowyn in the third movie and the decision she makes there. I think the line about the cage is especially important. She's been trying to escape a cage either of other people's making or I I believe sometimes of her own making for mm -hmm. cuz she doesn't she's at such a low place she doesn't feel like she has the strength to stand up right. for herself a lot of the time and this is the beginning of her starting to do that. No, exactly. She's she's not at a great place. She doesn't start the film in a great place. She doesn't, like, when you meet Eowyn, it's not, it's not at her best. She's just not at her best, right. which makes her arc all the more satisfying, I think. I don't know. It's great. It's just great. <laughs> um, <laughs> just the way in which she's allowed to be, she's allowed to have her weaknesses, too. And I'm, honestly, it's been a long time since I read the books. Um, so I'm not mm -hmm. sure if that's a movie thing or 
a book thing. No, her her fears and her weaknesses are, yeah. are also a book thing. I don't think they're not highlighted yeah. as strongly. Uh, and they're mostly kind of told to us more directly in retrospect by uh, Gandalf yeah. at the Houses of Healing. Yeah, by Gandalf at the Houses of Healing. Yeah. He's telling Amor the struggles that his sister has been through. And that Wormtongue uh, monologue, that's originally delivered by Gandalf, correct? Yeah, that's Gandalf yeah. telling Amor what Eowyn's been going through. So I think putting that so much earlier is really important, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. it really allows you to view the character through that prism instead of, oh, well, she's yeah, having like a from hard the time. beginning instead of... Yeah, it's like retroactively adding weaknesses, whereas the film does it like from the beginning. You know she's not in a great place, and then you are allowed to see her overcome it. It's just good. Yeah. Also, like, okay, I just really identify with the idea of being caged being your greatest fear, of, like, being stopped from doing what you think you can do or being too scared to do something, like, scared into inaction. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is true, but I feel like a lot of people can identify with that, with like feeling like they're being caged in or they're caging themselves in in some way. So I think this scene speaks to a lot more people than just like 12-year-old girls who want to be knights. And (laughs) not to like be too specific about it. Don't get me wrong though, like I love that whole thing too, like in stories of like the the lady that wants to be Uh a knight. I mean, I shared one of my favorite anime with you because I figured I figured you'd Wow, shockingly, <laughs> the one about the lady who wants to be a knight and challenges gender roles. <laughs> wow, I'm yeah. I'm yeah, I'm I'm becoming just a stereotype of myself. <laughs> I I love that trope though. Like I love the trope of um women taking like taking action in a warrior mm-hmm. aspect like and masquerading as men to like get oh stuff you mean done. my literal favorite so, trope of all time okay i'm ready right so that's like one of my top tropes so i really want like through this through revisiting the movies like this i really want to like embrace eowyn because like she yeah. was like maybe not the original but like one of the most yeah, iconic she's up there so she's especially in fantasy i think she's what brought it into like the fantasy realm because there were Mm -hmm. plenty of like polly oliver stories um of like Mm -hmm. but i but a lot of those are like woman dresses as man to follow love interest into battle and that's not what she does not really right no she's like i need to do this for me and also and also in part to kind of Right, and also to kind of exactly. protect Mary. Exactly, and I think that's where her protector instinct comes in, where that caring um, really shows itself. These hobbits like look like children. We must protect them like children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just the fact that she's like, ah, you are small and will probably get squished. I need to go into battle and kill a witch king for you. And you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> Seems logical. You- Seems legit. Yeah. You will help me kill this witch king. <laughs> Here, hold this. <laughs> uh, try not to mess up too much, Mary. It's fine. I, it is, I do think it is important to remember that Mary is there yeah. too. Like, also, this small, vulnerable hobbit creature is also staring at what is to Eowyn and Mary, like the embodiment of death on the battlefield. And he also, like, steals himself and is a part of this. Yeah 
this moment and is there for his people too. And I think that's really important for who Mary is. I agree. And also, I mean, Theoden being in the position he's in is probably important, but I think all yeah. of those things yes. just really allow Eowyn to uncage herself from expectations yeah. and from her own fears and from her own... I think that's exactly what dying in battle is about. It's not about being the best on the battlefield. It's about dying to protect someone else. It's about that moment in the end of The Hobbit, not the movies, <laughs> at the end of the book about Feely and Keely dying to protect Thorin. Yes. That's what, yes. that's what she wants to do. I mean, I'm sure she's super excited that it worked out and that she didn't totally die. But I think she's willing to die for them because that's what she wants not what she wants to do but that's what is right she's doing what's right mm. and i think that's why she's not afraid of death and pain and i think that's what she means by not being afraid of it um i honestly don't know if she could have done that if mary or theoden wasn't there i agree with that uh mm. and of course we'll never know and also she's a fictional character but i'm gonna treat her like she's real in this moment because you know that's what we're doing that's what you do when you analyze things <laughs> well i also i mean we're a long ways away from that but like here she's completely like 100 percent. i want to do it on my own but mm -hmm. then like when when she is able to you know strike the killing blow it's because she has help and she's accepted yeah that exactly and, and there's and strength the in like asking for help right Ask, yeah. asking for help is not a weakness that's like that's a that's a big big message yeah, kind of yeah. thing in a lot of literature i think the whole point of eowyn is that she she overcomes a lot she's one of the i mean a lot of lord of the rings is like that um frodo's entire journey is about overcoming like a lot of things but one of them is just being a hobbit like mm -hmm. it's a hard life being a hobbit and trying to destroy a magic ring that's that's a lot. <laughs> a lot going on. You're short. Right. You have to walk a lot. You got short little legs. But like, and obviously, climbing rocks is just a non-starter. Right. <laughs> and then, I mean, I think her story ties in with a lot of the other stories of overcoming evil, either ex external evil like Sauron or internal evil like your self-doubt. Um. Mm -hmm. Right, like Eowyn killing the Witch King is like her killing that last piece of self-doubt. Exactly, exactly. Like, it's her overcoming her internal darkness by slaying something external. Yeah, right. it's a metaphor. <laughs> it's not an allegory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan Gunn would be proud of me. <laughs> live, live your life so as Dan Gunn would be yeah. proud of you. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to, to our... English, our college our English, English professor, professor Dan Gunn, <laughs> for teaching us how to analyze Lord right. of the Rings. Um, like the last, we're we've all we're already really long in this Oops. minute, uh, but like the last, yeah, thing, whatever. But the last thing to touch on really is uh, Aragorn's lines back to Eowyn. Oh man, <laughs> you are a daughter of kings, a shield maiden of Rohan. I do not think that will be be your fate. And then he leaves. He bows to her very respectfully when she's like stunned by what he said mm -hmm. and the way in which he said it and then he just leaves her to 
to herself again. He's just what his words are not just like a word of encouragement. It's also apology for interrupting her moment. Mm. Yeah. And then he leaves. I love how he delivers those lines, how they're so soft. Um, and mm-hmm. I know that's kind of just Vigo Mortensen's thing, but like, especially there, the fact that he doesn't try to make them like a forceful thing, that they're almost just like a quiet statement of fact is really mm-hmm. important because he's not trying to convince her of anything. He's just telling her something that he already knows that he, it's almost like she hasn't realized it yet, but she'll come around to it eventually. Yeah. Like, like something that she knows, but maybe she's forgotten because of like what she's been yeah. through. Yeah, it's it's a really well done line. Also, specifically the reference to Shield Maiden, I think, ties it into the the Viking culture we were talking about uh, yesterday mm-hmm. or Friday, the last minute. Right, and that <laughs> and that and that protective instinct to like dying in battle, protecting someone is what makes it glorious, or protecting an ideal, or or a homeland right because he says he's the shield is a a defensive device it's not like an aggressive sword thing. and that again goes back to her need to protect and turning that need Mm -hmm. outwards from like because there is a certain amount of she's not able to protect those kids the the kids who come from the village she's not able to help them any more than like giving them food and shelter which is only briefly because then they have to go off to Helm's Deep. Right. But like she has to be crushed at the idea of like moving from one cage oh, to another. God, that sounds like that's another thing about this too. Yeah, and she's she's got to feel kind of ineffectual to a certain extent, both with those kids, like and with her own issues with worm tongue and like mm-hmm. she's just she's got to feel at this point like there's nothing she can do. Um, and to have... Except maybe die protecting something at Helm's Deep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's not an ideal place to be. So, like, naming her as Shield Maiden kind of gives her... It's almost like he's giving her an idea of how she can express that need to protect, but also the right. need to fight. Right. It's... it's. And I think... It's encouraging. And also, like, Yes. Yeah, and the reminder of like the daughter of kings yeah. thing is I that also I think really helps Eowyn realize like who she's supposed to be as well. Cuz you know, you're you're a leader. These people are going to look to you for guidance. Mm-hmm. You you need to be strong for them and being strong for them will help make you strong in the end. I think that's that's also part of yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. She's she's got a lot of strength in her and I think Aragorn here is almost just helping her remember that. Um, well, after getting that glare, he better believe she's Oh my strong. god, that face is the best face. She's like ready to stab That's, him. Right? Like, if, if she could shoot fire from her eyes, he would be dead. She's, she's ready to go. Like Superman laser vision. Yeah, he just... It kind of feels like that's gonna happen at any moment, and I like that. I like that, like, She's clearly, there's clearly an attraction between the two of them, but also, like, if you interrupt my sword practice, I will murder you. Like, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's tough. She's a tough <laughs> little thing, and I think she just needs to be reminded of it. Right. I, I think, you know, uh, Wormtongue meant it in a, like, 
not a good way when he kind of referred to her as a wild animal. But, but that's that's really the kind of spirit she yeah. has, and she doesn't know what to do with it. Well, I think she's also so taken aback by what Aragorn says because she's so used to being torn right. down. Yeah. In like in a manipulative sort of way, like you are less than who you are, and Aragorn's just like, no, this is you, you, you're badass. Like, I know someone probably hasn't told you in a while, but you're awesome. <laughs> Right. Like when he says, I don't think that you'll that'll be your fate. Like that's just him, you know, having a lot of faith in Eowyn that no matter what, you got this. And that's mm-hmm. the most comforting thing I think anybody could say. He's not trying to tell her not to be afraid of that. He's not belittling her fear. He's just saying, I don't think that'll be you. And it's almost if you choose for it not to be. And it gives her the ability to choose something new and something different and feel like she has a choice, which I'm sure she hasn't felt in a yeah. long time because everybody else is putting their expectations of her onto her. Right. And if if Amber had never returned, the expectation of like possibly having to inherit the throne oh. might have been pushed on her further too and like the the weight of that and not really being able to do much. So... Like, I don't, I don't remember a whole lot of like, I mean, I mean, we, we could do some necromancy and get Tolkien to tell us, but I don't remember (laughs) a lot about like Rohan's succession laws. Like, would she be able to inherit the throne or would she have to marry someone to do it? Yeah, I'm not She probably would, she, she might have to. Because we talked about this a little bit, I think a couple weeks ago now, and I don't think we ever came to any sort of conclusion. Right. If you assume it's the same sort of like succession lines as like England, mm-hmm. it's the same sort of deal, then it's it's patrilineal. You'd have to inherit through your male line. Yeah. Uh, so, so, and she would only be able to inherit if there were no male heirs for Theoden. Yeah. And she... There would be an expectation for her to marry, but she might not necessarily have to. Okay. Okay. So it's not one of those ones like she can inherit if she marries and then he becomes king and is more important than she is? Because there are certainly some... Yeah, I would assume it'd be more like, given that Tolkien was English, yeah. I imagine it would be like the English succession. You know, in England had, you know, you mentioned this a couple weeks ago, Cassandra, you know, England, England had warrior queens. Yep. Yeah. So like, why can't, why can't Rohan? Fair enough. Fair enough. But <laughs> that's one of those ones that you're like, we don't know about this aspect of this fantasy culture, <laughs> but let's extrapolate. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if among all the stuff, because I haven't I haven't dug through it, if Rohan ever had a ruling queen yeah. before. Right, because um because Theoden is the seventeenth king and it explicitly says king. Yeah. Yeah. So well, it doesn't say ruler, it's just king. You know, it's yeah. it's almost funny because um, I mean, all of the the stunt, well, not all of them, but a number of the stunt people who played the writers are all female, um, in beards. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain part of me that kind of wishes they just left the beards off and, like, let Rohan be a warrior woman culture to a certain extent. Right. Let it be an intergender yeah, army. Exactly. Yeah. Like Vikings. Exactly. Like, if you're basing it off Vikings and Celts, both of whom had, like, warrior ladies all up in there, just leave off the fake beards and let me get, like, ladies on horseback stabbing people. I'm... 
again, <laughs> I'm I'm a woman of like pretty simple needs here, but like <laughs> easy to please. You put a girl on a horse with a sword, I'm in. I'm ready. What are we doing? <laughs> but girl in a historical piece of armor wielding a big weapon. Oh dude, it's hell all yeah. about that. I'm all about that. Uh, <laughs> uh well Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I have always been like a Team Arwen kind of person, so I really appreciate having people who love Eowyn like talk to me about Eowyn because then I get it a little more. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I get that and actually, I mean, you know, I know that about you, that you are Team Arwen all the way and I 100% respect mm -hmm. that. She's awesome. But it is great <laughs> to be able to kind of explain to somebody why this character is so important to me as a person, and I, I'm sure to a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, like just talking to people about Lord of the Rings, I feel like most, like most people, their favorite lady is Eowyn. Yeah, I think. I don't know. We could. We should. We should like take polls. And we stuff. should take a poll. I, I just feel like I'll it, set up a poll in the group. <laughs> is that right? Like, to totally anecdotal. I just kind of feel like most people relate more to Eowyn than Galadriel. I think or it's Arwen. easier mm -hmm. to relate to her to a certain extent because one, she's given a lot of weaknesses, and two, she's not like a mortally beautiful and or Liv Tyler. Like, oh no, Miranda <laughs> Otto is pretty immortal. Okay, beautiful. yes, but like she's also allowed to look terrible. Like. She's she's human. Right, she's allowed exactly. to be dirty. Like I look, Arwen can walk through a forest in like muddy rain and come out pristine. Like I can't do that. It's hard to relate to somebody who can't do that. Like it's, it's difficult. Whereas you can Im imagine Eowyn like trudging. Her dress is just like destroyed. Oh, yeah, no, it's like Elizabeth Bennett. And, right. right. and then she's. She's just like, hey, look what I found in the woods. Right, her dress is just dirty, yeah. and everyone's just like, ugh, why? <laughs> Do you think she was like a little tomboy chick? I kind of have to assume. Oh, she absolutely. She was like a little yeah, girl like, on a horse. Digging in the dirt with Amber. Yeah. <laughs> Stop pushing the crown prince off his horse! Her brother. You can't do that! I beat him with a sword! Right. <laughs> right, you imagine her trying to get into sword practice with Amor and Theoden and kick her butts. <laughs> they, they had to kick her out because she got too into it. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, like she was giving Theoden uh, bruises yeah. all the time. <laughs> Stop hitting him! Uh, if you can't beat me, how can you beat an orc? <laughs> I, just, I just want to see their childhood. I'm sure the three of them were super close and that must be hilarious. Oh, that would be mm -hmm. adorable. Anyway. Well, yeah, they... You you would have to assume that they're super close because of the particular like the way that Eowyn mourns right. Eadred and knowing that her and Amor are are orphans and were pretty much raised by right. Theoden mm -hmm. and like I'm sure they were raised as siblings and I'm I mean that's probably another reason she's so into being she's she wants to be like her brother and her cousin like she she wants to be allowed that right. <sighs> she wants a pretty set of armor like Amber. Hey, I want a pretty yeah. set of armor like them. Come on. Have you seen that stuff? <laughs> I want a, yeah. I want an embossed sun inside my armor. <laughs> the Rohan, like, real armor, oh. like, the Amber and Theodrin and, and Theoden's armors it's are so pretty. It's the most beautiful stuff. They really Like, are. I, you know, I know Gondor's, like, got this whole look of, like, trying to be beautiful, but it's also almost, like, non-functional. Rohan just like it looks real. 
it it has a it has a realness to it that I feel like a lot of the other stuff doesn't. It's all the earth tones yeah. and it's the leathers. Like, it's kind of weird that like the culture the culture that's all like horses has seems to have a lot of like plate and scale, and then the culture that doesn't is all this change. Well, I mean scale when it kind of should be the other way. Yeah, but scale mail works really well. In scale and leather are both really good for horses because they bend right. But also, like, I don't know if you've tried sitting on chain mail for a long time, but it's awful. <laughs> I imagine yeah, that being comfortable. Like, yeah. like, I'm sure they probably wear slightly less chain mail because, like, they don't want to get off their horse and have, like, link impressions in their butt. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm no expert, but having sat on some yeah. chain mail, no fun. <laughs> And that's my theory, and I'm sticking uh, to it. <laughs> nice. Well, um, thank you again for joining us. I know you only had a couple minutes, but I think this one will be for that. <laughs> thank you so um, much for letting me go on for so long, long about heroin love of my life. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's literally yeah, why we're enough. here. So. <laughs> So we are from the website DuelingGenre.com. Check us out there as well as all of the other Dueling Genre podcasts. And if you have a moment, um, check us out on Patreon at DuelingGenre.com slash support. Uh, and you get access to a bunch of other podcasts if you uh, do that. Um, special thanks, as always, to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a good Monday and we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about Rohan. Bye. Bye.